Hello, Peter Luther of Revive Newport. Hi there. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Now, I grew, I know that you grew up in a Christian home. I grew up with a, a wonderful Christian faith from a young boy. But do you remember Christian music from your youth days? Any artists or bands that come to mind that you used to enjoy? Yeah, so like as a very young age, I was like proper into Ishmael. Used to go to Spring Harvest every year to to see to see him. Um, yeah, that really kind of uh, really good encounters with God during that time. Um, and um, and then I I guess I remember Cutting Edge and uh, Delirious and that kind of thing. Yeah. First first band that spring to mind. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Well, thank you for joining us today because you're on the line to tell us a little bit about this. Just really the story of the amazingness of God at work in your life from a young boy to revive Newport and then also the, the youth cafe. So tell us just a bit about your, your upbringing, how you grow up in this Christian home. Uh, obviously all of us have to get to a point where we decide to follow Jesus for ourselves. But what was your, um, your perspective on God growing up in that kind of environment? So I, th- I think I just, I had an encounter with God from an early age, just kind of an awareness of his existence. So kind of always just kind of, kind of, uh, just believed in him and, and felt that he was here and actually felt like I heard, heard from him, um, on, on different occasions, uh, in my life. And, um, from the point of like when I was at Glory Company with Ishmael, um, at Spring Harvest, I just really felt an overwhelming sense that this is what I want to do with my life. I want to spend my life telling people about Jesus and hanging out with young people. Um, so I kind of like knew that from a young age, um, uh, as a youth worker, uh, which is kind of my, my main background, I think that you're aware that all young people, um, you know, go through a transition of discovering who they, who they are, who God is, what is real. And, um, so I guess I went through a period of just like, okay, oh, I, I, I kind of I got this experience of you, but where's the evidence? for for God's existence it's kind of like took a little bit of a journey to kind of like okay if I'm going to throw my life into this it's going to be it's got to be true and it's got to be real and I and I'm always uh, challenge people uh that I meet that are not Christians to try and if you kind of you can disprove this to me <laughs> you know I'll stop believing uh, because you know I want my life to be built on on faith on, on hope on, on on real real um real experiences as real and real facts and so um so yeah, I went through uh, uh, that period, partly that through going to Bible college. You know, I did a degree in theology at um, Moreland's Bible College. Um, and um, just, you know, you're, you're looking at it from a real lots of different angles. And so partly that, but partly just loads of different kind of questions. And experience. I think I prayed with Christian about 15 times <laughs> in my life so far. Yeah, this is the different stages. Like, you know, actually, no, no. And you have that kind of like, mm, I'm not sure, but then like, oh yeah, no, well, let's go for this. Have so, yeah. you, have you had any, any like, um, shifts in perspective over the last 18 months in particular when it comes to your perspective on God? Over the last 18 months. So um, through COVID <laughs> and. Uh, so, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm, I think I, I'm, I'm reading a, a book at the moment, uh, which is kind of really expanding my mind to how actually big and amazing god is i think that we um particularly if you grow up in in the faith knowing god you can just have a maybe a i don't know but this was for me a bit of a smaller view of god and to know that he is all powerful and everywhere and always existed and there's things that we can't really get our head around and when you like think about those things i think i'm kind of um had that kind of perspective of yeah god is pretty 
pretty pretty amazing. Um, the last eighteen months have been a bit bit crazy for me. I had had twins born in, wow. in you know at the beginning of the pandemic. Quite, Congratulations! Quite, quite, <laughs> but quite poorly and came quite early, so it's been quite a traumatic experience. Oh, wow. um, but I think from from working in the community, you kind of you've got, you've got to have a, a perspective on life that life is life is hard. There's there's no easy easy route to success. There's no kind of guarantees that as a Christian you're not going to get COVID or that um, you're going to be exempt from suffering that that, that suffering is is everywhere but um but with God you know all things are possible and he can help you get through anything and we've got eternity you know to to to, to, um, to, to kind of to look forward to this this small moment of of struggle because you know three and a half hours of sleep a night for a many 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 months <laughs> is, is, is yeah that's it's hard. not good for your mental health, but no, that way, no, you, know, you, you, no. do, you do. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been a really, really, really tough year, mm. yeah, year and a half. So. Wow, wow, Peter. Well, thank you for telling us that. I've got twins as well. They're fourteen now. So what I can do is tell you, promise you that 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 does change. You do get more yeah. sleep. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's actually our three-year-old that's causing the problems now. Like for wow. sleep, she likes to get Wow, and, uh, wow. Well, how are uh, the twins doing now? Yeah, they're good. They're good. They're um they're like seventeen months old. Seventeen exact seventeen months old tomorrow. Um and uh, they're very behind in their motor skills. They had they had a rare disease called TAPS, which uh, my wife is doing lots of work to try and raise awareness of because it's not very well known of. Um and um which is kind of cool. Um and uh, so they're really behind in their like the, the motor skills and stuff. But you know they'll, they'll they'll you know I think Asha is just beginning to sit. Um and uh, Leo is is kind of you know coasting around quite happily so yeah they're, just, they're kind of yeah i could go on uh much in depth but yeah they're, they're doing good amazing you know. amazing well tell us then about so you as a as a youth worker what i'm often interested in especially someone who's obviously not a youth anymore how do you stay engaged with young people stay connected keep them um coming back to you for you know, advice or counsel or mentoring or whatever. How do you stay relevant? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I actually uh, believe that young people, um, uh, the, the young people I work with particularly, and I, but I think all young people are young people that don't seem to have many people that, that like them, that, that believe in them, that root for them. And, that uh, you know, so, so they're quite, they're struggling. And I think that what young people can see is they can see whether you're genuinely care about them or whether you're doing it because you're paid to be there. Um, and I think what we have as Christians is, is that we have, oh, we have this heart for them and we don't see them as, um, as maybe other people see them as a, a perceived problem or a perceived threat. Um, or just kind of like, oh, this person's a bully, or this person takes drugs, or this person is done this or done that. We see see them as, as I guess, broken people that need love and care. So, I guess um, my uh, my take is just to just to kind of uh, obviously I've spent all my time with young people. I've, I've done youth work for twenty five years now, um, and so kind of so keeping with them, keeping engaged with them, it's great. But also when I started youth work at 18, we had a 65 year old lady that, that helped. And when the six foot three um, person that had been kicked out of all the schools in South London was in trouble, then we sent her in to just calm him down and kind of come on, let's sort it out. So I think, I think, I think it's 
re- relevance is is cool, but it's not everything. Absolutely. Um, so you you mentioned the kind of people that you work with, the kind of young people that you work with, particularly in Newport Youth Cafe and as part yeah. of Revive Newport. Um, tell yeah. us about them. Who are they? Okay, so um, basically young people that hang out in the local bus station or the local park. So really kind of that we go around, we go around the, the bus station yeah, once, once. Well, in the, over the summer, we'd be doing it three times a week, but normally it's just once a week. We just go around and chat to them and engage with them and connect with them. Um, as I said, they're kind of they're considered to be a perceived threat. You know, uh, they, they, they don't always do what they're told, <laughs> um, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, yeah, so we believe that they're the people that have got nowhere, nowhere else to go. And, yeah, we just give them a place to, we, we go and chat to them, we'll meet them where they're at, and then we give them a safe place to come and play pool and, and hang out and, and be looked after. And we always say to them, look, you can come here, you can just escape your problems and come have fun and turn your music on. Or if you want to talk about, about your problems, that's also cool. We're, we're here for you and we can, we're really good at that. So we can listen and support you. And, and, and often just, just that is, is an engagement for them to go off and, and just play or to just, okay, look, this is going on in my life. What do I do? And, and, uh, yeah. I think, uh, I think what you said earlier is so key for us. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's the sense in young people that they, that nobody likes them. Um, the adults, older people don't like them. That's so true. Um, and I, I think it really, that's, that's something we've got to change, especially as the church, especially as the body of Christ. Let's, you know, it's one thing to love them with the love of God, kind of from a distance, but to really show them and prove to them that you like them. I think sometimes it's a, uh, I just wonder, Peter, if in your conversations with others, um, there's maybe a reason behind that. My, um, my, my perspective would be that it's because of fear, because of the, the unknown, you know, we fear what we don't know. And so we keep at a distance and we just keep listening into the news reports and we kind of stay at arm's length instead of crossing the threshold and actually being brave enough to get to know a young person. Yeah, yeah, sure. I think, I think, yeah, I think people find it hard to just go up to random people, don't they? They've never met before. <laughs> um, and if they're, if they're, they're, you know, pushing each other over or, or doing something or rolling a rolling a joint <laughs> you might kind of like think oh i don't know what to do but um uh and you've got to you've got to you've got to get beyond that you've got to speak to them and and if you speak to them in a kind of um friendly kind of way then they will stay off them i mean we get told to you know whatever f off uh, quite a lot but um <laughs> i don't know how to put it politely sorry um uh, but yeah we do get told that a lot um but um yeah i think we, we just keep on going and chatting to them and caring for them and loving them and and, and 98 percent of the time it, it changes and they, they tend to sing you've got to kind of a lot of people what did i hear here the other day um just kind of a lot of people have, have a barrier don't they and they've if you've had rejection uh, the easiest way is to reject people before they've got a chance to get close to you. And so if you, if they come to you and you tell them to go away, um, <laughs> and that's a better way of saying it. Um, <laughs> they tell you to go away. Um, and they're just like, no, I don't want to talk to you. Just go away, go away, go away, go away, go away, go away. It's the kind of thing we get. Um, then, um, then it's easier, isn't it? 
And then, um, but then if, if I, um, I quite enjoy kind of like ignoring that and just say, okay, cool. I'll come. That's fine. Let's, let's, let's sit down and chat and, um, <laughs> and, uh, and just, just like make random conversation and yeah. make them know that they're valued, cared and, and, uh, and noticed. So the, the youth cafe is a, a spot where they can hang out, um, in a safe environment. Do you have food? I mean, you call it um, a cafe. I- uh, because that is always, moment, no. so, that always works. So, so we used, before COVID, we, we were in a little church hall and, uh, yeah, we were doing like burgers, chips and all that kind of stuff and all that kind of stuff. But we've actually, so to revive those various projects, um, and, uh, we've run a community cafe here in, in, in the middle of Newport for a long time. Um, and, uh, through, through COVID, it obviously it was closed. So we were kind of paused and I was kind of like sidelined by looking after children and except uh, twins and stuff. But, um, that being said, um, uh, yeah, so, so we've, we've made a few changes to the cafe, which is, which is included putting a pool table in here and making move room for the youth centre. So it's moved back into the centre of town, but, um, we've just got a couple of youth workers, you know, um, I think we've had like, you know, a maximum of 22 kids in a night, um, since we've opened, um, somewhere, yeah, somewhere around about that. Right. Um, and, um, yeah, we're just, we're just, we're just hanging out in that, in that way. You mentioned that you start, you got your start in, um, in youth work at the age of 18. That was, um, something you knew from a very young age you wanted to do. How then does that develop and grow into Revive Newport? Yeah, I think, um, uh, I think the Bible is a good thing to be reading. So, um, uh, cause it challenges you, doesn't it? And challenges you to think about things. So two things happened. One, I just began to, I was reading through the Bible as, as I like to do. Um, and it's just that all the verses about loving your neighbor is yourself. Um, about, um, about as you love people, you make the invisible God visible as, um, never tire, never get weary of doing good. Um, because you were then, uh, um, you know, all these kind of different things. Um, there's loads, loads and loads and loads and loads and loads in there. Um, and it just, it just kind of occurred to me that we ought to be, we need to be loving our neighbor. We got this, from my perspective, there was 24,000 people in, in my town that I lived in and I only knew a hundred of them. Um, and, and so what, what, what are we doing to, to, to show them to, 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 that, that Jesus loves them and cares for them and, and died for them? Um, and, it's a bit of an up, uphill hill battle, but it's just trying to do something to try and uh, encourage and motivate the church that we we can we you know we can together as an army of you know the seven hundred people that go to church in in my town Newport we work together if we were relentless. Revivers, I've been full time for Revive for ten years now. I know we've been doing stuff in in Newport for maybe fifteen, uh, fifteen sixteen years, and you know if if, if we had all properly got on board and we were constantly loving people and caring for people we'd have a different we'd have a different town uh, that have a different understanding of God and uh, our churches will be a lot fuller in my opinion um and so so as as I kind of I just kind of I'm passionate about about doing that so my kind of gifting I think probably my calling is very much to do with youth work so I got really like that but um I spend we, we you know we have run a local food bank in our town we help run this cafe we do like uh gardening house clearing problems we go into um tech local town to give away flowers or chocolates or something to people and um we um have been doing these although uh, we haven't done it for the last three years i think these big family fun festivals where we get people f- from the community together to do lots of free family fun i think we get about you know about two and a half thousand people over a weekend just come and hang out with us in the park 
tell them tell them about Jesus and do lots of cool stuff. My phone's about to run out of battery. How's that possible? <laughs> so so you know more than a hundred people, I imagine, now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah we work with with thousands. I think my phone's gonna run out of battery. <laughs> oh. on. Pete's just finding a, a phone battery, but you, it's you, not there. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We're about to finish anyway. I did want to just okay. quickly ask you how we can pray for you. <laughs> I think he's gone. He's gone. But anyway, we thank you so much to Pete Luther, his director of Revive Newport. And you can find out a bit more on revivenewport.org. There you go then. Hey, that's what happens with live radio. Well, if you want to find out a bit more about Revive Newport, head over to revivenewport.org. Hearing today from Pete Luther, who's the director of Revive Newport. Pray for them. Pray for our young people. I'm just especially aware of, um, you know, new school year, new university year, um, for, for the young people of this nation, especially given what the whole world has gone through over the last 18 years. Keep them in your prayers. Let's not be scared of young people. Let's ask God to help us to not just love them, but also learn to like them, to get to know them. We've got the news on the way at 10 o'clock.